Dr. Blue, I have one question before we get started. How do you feel about joining the Got Guts podcast series? Oh my God, that's awesome. Got Guts, I love it. Welcome to our podcast series, Got Guts, a podcast of the American Journal of Physiology, Gastrointestinal, and Liver Physiology. Joining us today are Editor-in-Chief, Professor Mark Fry, and author, Dr. Sarah Blute, of the recently published manuscript titled, Use of Human Tissue Stem Cell-Derived Organoid Cultures to Model Enterohepatic Circulation. So let's talk guts. Over to you, Mark. Hi, good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Jamie. How are you all today? We're good. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Good morning. I guess it's, is it? Oh, it's not morning in Texas anymore. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Lunchtime. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you for joining us. We're, we're really excited to talk to you. This uh, really interesting study that you have published out in AJPGI. And uh, we, we're going to talk a little bit about that, but we also want to hear about you as a person and as a researcher so that our listeners can get context for how this interesting study came to be, as it were. So I was thinking I'd lead off with one of these horrible interview questions that everybody asks that nobody wants to answer, but you're going to do it anyway, which, which is, how did you actually get into research? You know, I, I think people think of all of us as folks who follow this conveyor belt path from high school biology to college biology to grad school and so on, but that's rarely the case. So can you tell us your story about how did you get into research and in particular, what drew you to the gut? You know, why, why do you find this organ system interesting? Well, that's a great question because I always have the perfect answer for it. So I, uh, I went to college, uh, you know, I went to college thinking I was going to go to medical school, right? Like a lot of people. And uh, after my sophomore year, I had the opportunity to do research at Loyola University Medical School outside of Chicago with Dr. Mark Kelly, where I studied the effects of alcohol and levels of growth hormone in male adolescent rats. And it was awesome. Mark is one of the most creative people I had ever met. He had a lab full of grad students. It was a really fun summer um, learning science and hanging out with those grad students and sort of kind of living their lifestyle that summer in college. I was like, these are my people, right? And I, at that point, decided that I didn't really want to go to medical school and that I didn't really like sick people because sick people are not very happy people. Uh, because they're sick. But what I really liked about medicine, you know, was really the study of medicine and the feeling that you can help um, greater numbers of people by, you know, sort of being behind the curtain and on the research side. Um, So then I applied to graduate schools uh, out of college and I I got accepted to Baylor. Um, And so I joined the cell biology department. Again, another amazing opportunity to be with fantastic scientists led by Dr. Bert O'Malley. I did my PhD with Nancy Weigel on prostate cancer, looking at vitamin D and vitamin A. Amazing time in grad school, one of the best times in my life. It was so fun, such smart, smart, amazing people there. Um, And then when I uh, went to do my postdoc, I was interested in the immune system coming from the cancer field. And so I took a postdoc in virology and microbiology, where I still am to this day with uh, Margaret Connor studying intestinal immune responses to viral infections in the gut. Um, and so studied that for a long time and, you know, then sort of transitioned more from the intestinal immune system to the intestinal epithelium. And here I am today talking about organoids as a model for the intestinal epithelium. (laughs) 
That's fantastic. Yeah, and I, I think it really underscores the way that one's career can take unexpected turns. You've done a lot of different things. Yes. Uh, and 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 I think that's appropriate for GI researchers, of course, because you know we we are working on the organ system that is the nexus of everything that happens in the body. You know, there's the gut everything axis now, and so that's that's yeah. terrific. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I always say I started in the brain, went down to the prostate, and then finally settled <laughs> in the middle on the gut, which is where my people are. <laughs> that's awesome. That's fantastic. Yes, and and folks, you heard it here first that we have someone who joined science because she liked the grad school lifestyle. Don't think I didn't hear you say that. Oh, I loved grad school. <laughs> loved it. I had so much it's fun. A thousand graduate students all across America right now screaming in rage. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I would go back in a heartbeat. It was such a fun time. Fair enough. Fair enough. So since you've sort of given us your history, why don't we take a brief second then to go ahead and talk about your organoid paper here. Do you want to give us the sort of elevator pitch or take home message of that? You know, what, what, do, you, what do you want to tell folks listening to the podcast that's going to drive them to go read your paper in detail and, you know, bask in its glory, as it were? Well, so I think, you know, organoid cultures have really come to the forefront of GI research as a new human ex vivo model. I think we're learning things that were not possible to be learned before. And what my paper really illustrates is the fact that these cultures can be used to study an area of science that wasn't previously accessible, which is inter-organ communication, right? So the portal system exists between the gut and the liver. It's sort of this dark tunnel that's not easily accessible. We really don't understand what's in there, what goes between, you know, what goes between the two, the gut and the liver. Um, and so these cultures, I think, um, are now sort of shining a flashlight into that dark, dark abyss and letting us see what, what goes on between those two tissues um, in a way that we haven't been able to study before. And so my paper sort of gives gives it an example of using a well-known pathway to sort of validate the fact that these mm -hmm. two ex vivo systems can talk to each other. Yeah, that's terrific. Yeah. That has in many ways been one of the challenges with ex vivo cultures is building multi-organ systems in, in the laboratory, which is what you've succeeded in doing here. That's great. Fantastic. Yeah. Jamie, do you have anything you want to ask? Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're working on next? Yeah, so I'm really interested in um, increasing the complexity of the cultures, right? So clearly they can talk to each other, but especially in terms of the intestine, which is where my heart lies. I think there are aspects of intestinal biology that are lacking in the cultures. Number one, the microbiome, right? So the microbiome, Mark's, Mark's smiling, right? The microbiome. Was, it's funny, I was going to um, ask you, are you putting bugs into here now? Yes, I mean, it's, it's, it's another organ, essentially. And it, yeah. it's naive of us scientists to think that the, these organisms don't have a significant impact on the function the signaling pathways, the responses of the epithelium and the underlying tissue. And although I think we've made a lot of headway on characterizing what is there in the gut, you know, the, the human genome, not the human genome project, the, what's it called, the, the human microbiome project. Uh, the microbiome project really made a significant headway in understanding what is there, but it didn't make a lot of progress on understanding what it was doing or why it was there. And so I think these or the organoid cultures are going to now allow us to sort of dissect some of these interactions between the bugs and the epithelium. So that's really um, where I'm interested in, in going next. I think I still want to increase um, the capacity to look at interorgan signaling. I mean, you have the liver and gut 
um, which I looked at. We have the pancreas. We have the brain gut, as we mentioned before, and the stomach gut, right? The stomach is upstream of the small intestine. I think signals come from all of those places, and we don't we don't have a real good grasp on, on what they are. So I think that, too, is an important uh, future thing that I'm interested in. Cool. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, great. So we touched on this earlier, but one of the great things about being a scientist is the sort of unusual and informal academic lifestyle, which sometimes is a big plus and sometimes not so much, but I think we all manage to have fun. What's life like at, you know, down, say, in your lab at Baylor College of Medicine? Yeah, are, are, well, I are, mean, are, are, are your so... grad students getting, uh, drawing undergraduates away from uh, medical school to, uh, to science? Oh, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I, um, yeah, I'm still waiting to get a real job. That's why I keep telling myself, when, when, when am I going to have to get the real job? So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I'm still I, 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 t- I ask myself that every morning as well. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, in some ways, it's one long extension of grad school, which is great. Um, no, my my uh, my lab is crazy. I have um, I have my own projects where I'm looking at the influence of intestinal damage on the intestinal stem cell response using the organoid culture. So I'm looking at viral damage, and then um, I have a a NASA Trish project looking at space radiation damage on the intestinal stem cell. I also am the organoid uh, core director for the Texas Medical Center Digestive Disease Center. So I uh, oversee the organoid uh, cultures and orders and billing for that core, which is a very large core. Uh, I also um, have cores that are part of three U19 multi-investigator awards that involve organoids. Um, so providing support for the, for the projects on those U19s. And then uh, Baylor is establishing, because of the success of the organoid cultures through the Digestive Disease Center and these U19 awards, they are in the process of establishing an institutional organoid core where we're going to broaden um, outside the GI tract uh, to other areas, including the respiratory tree um, and the urogenital tract, um, as well as other other organs. And so there's there's a significant investment um, by the institution in the in the technology as well. So that's, I'm that's really involved great. in that. So yeah, I have to say, I think that's one of the things that you and your colleagues at uh, BCM do really well and have done well historically is this team science approach, where every investigator has their own niche and identity, but you all seem to work together so well which is great it you know it's a force i love the project i mean i love the team projects i love it's it really makes science fun especially when you have a great team yeah with you know the intellectual contributions of all of the pis it's it just science moves exponentially in those situations Mm -hmm. yeah great so tell us what you do when you're not thinking about the digestive organs (laughs) i have two boys i have I have a 15 year old who's a sophomore in high school and I have a 10 year old who's in fifth grade. And so they are super sporty. They're both baseball players and they swim. So I spend a lot of time in the uh, stands at baseball fields and in the uh, bleachers at swim meets. So that, that pretty much keeps me busy, but I like to run. Okay, be, on, like be to, honest. Are you reading yeah. papers while you're in the stands? Oh, sometimes I do. Sometimes I work on grants <laughs> on my laptop. I do. I do do work sometimes. Yes, very much so. Yeah, but when I'm not with them, I like to run, I like to cook, I like to read. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, 
in, in what little free time I have. <laughs> right, right. You, you, you have to have some downtime. There's probably not a lot, but you got to maximize the yeah. real Watch activity. bad TV, you know, Yellowstone, whatever's on Netflix. Okay, okay. <laughs> what, are, what are you watching right now? Uh, what am I watching right now? I'm in a, I'm in a lull. I was watching these, I was watching this, uh, it was on Netflix. It was a K-pop drama okay. uh, about a Korean woman, very rich woman who got blown over on her air parachute into North Korea and fell in love with a North Korean, uh, military guy there. And oh my gosh, I couldn't stop watching. It was very well done. That sounds really interesting. <laughs> oh, it's fun. Yeah, it's not serious. It's K-pop, but it was it was very cute. So, oh, yeah. that's great. Actually, one one of the uh, junior investigators in our group is a huge K-drama fan. So uh, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to let him know that uh, that that I interviewed someone else who's into that stuff today. Yes, I'm trying to recall the name off the top of my head, but he'll know which one I'm talking about because okay. I think the actor and the actress are very famous in it. Okay. Whoever they are, they're very famous Korean actors and actresses. Cool. Neat. Yeah. And so then we also, you know, we, we like to leave a little bit of room for some spontaneity here. So tell, tell us something unexpected that, you know, we would never have thought to ask you that you want to talk about. Okay. So I'm running for president of the secret underground fan club of GI distress. <laughs> I have bedazzled my t-shirts. I have bedazzled my t-shirts and I'm running on the platform that I will be collecting autographs from all the band members at the next conference to pass out to the members. So we'll see if I get elected. Well, you, geez, I think you've got my vote, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a GI distress t-shirt though in my closet. I save it for the meetings. That's that's right. yeah. My 12-year-old actually wears hers all the time. She wears it to school, which I, I think gets all kinds of interesting, you know, what is that looks? But yeah, that's I love it. In fact, that's I mean, I that's one of the things um I miss I've missed most about COVID is interacting with with my colleagues and friends at at the conferences big time. Yeah. And the the GI and liver physiology community is really a fantastic group of people. It's tight-knit. Everybody gets along. I actually have friends in other fields who, when I talk about how I actually like going to conferences and hang out with my colleagues, they're like, you what? So, yeah. you know, I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. agree with that. Fantastic. Jamie, do you have other things you want to ask about? No, I think this was great. Thank you. Thank you so cool. much for having me. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. This was fantastic. All right. Well, I guess we'll close out then. Uh, this has been another episode of Got Guts. Make sure to tune in next time. This podcast was brought to you by the American Journal of Physiology, Gastrointestinal, and Liver Physiology, and produced by me, Jamie Jones. If you would like to hear our latest episodes, please visit the AJP GI and Liver Physiology's homepage. Thank you for listening, 